Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Good morning, everybody. Saturday morning, rainy Saturday morning on 94 WIP. I'm Glenn Mack, now joined by Mike Sealski. How you doing, Mike? I'm doing wonderful, Glenn. How are you? Nice. Doing nice. Doing nice. Big weekend for sports here. Uh, by the way, we, we expect to be on. Uh, until 12.30, at which point we handed off to Phillies baseball. Phillies against the Nats, the first part of a day-night doubleheader. Kind of iffy right now. I think iffy is a kind way to describe the weather situation in this country right now. Yeah, yeah and we'll see what happens in Washington. You know what they should have done? Tell um, me. Did you, you watch the game yesterday? Yes. They had 26 people in the seats. It, it was. I've seen more people at Little League baseball games than were at that Phillies Nationals game yesterday. You know how uh, in the NFL, when the weather threatens a uh, situation, they'll just move it to a different stadium? Yeah, they should have done that. Yeah. Yeah. Somewhere, I don't know where. Some someplace where the skies are clear. Yeah. Any, anywhere. Throw it in a, you know, a gymnasium for all we care. <laughs> just but get the, the game in. The big story this weekend, of course, is Eagles-Jags tomorrow. The return of Doug Peterson with the Jacksonville Jaguars. And... um you and I had an interesting talk yesterday. I want to start with that because you described this as a, quote, telltale game. Um, explain what that means and why. So to me, more than any other game the Eagles have played so far, this is going to give you a really good indication of how far they've come from last season. And here's why. We've discussed endlessly the fact that they performed poorly against really good quarterbacks last season, that they couldn't stop Tom Brady or Justin Herbert or Patrick Mahomes, et cetera, et cetera. So, so far this season, this is the matchup that comes as close to what they were dealing with and couldn't handle last year mm -hmm. uh, in Doug Peterson, and a head coach who knows how to coach offense, who is smart, who can scheme stuff up, and Trevor Lawrence, who I feel like is reminding people this season why he was the number one overall pick. It's like people forgot well, that this guy was supposed to be the number one prospect since Andrew Luck, since yeah, Peyton Manning, sure. your favorite quarterback. Well, last year it was the most disastrous situation you could imagine going in with Urban Meyer, who well, may go yes. down as the worst coach in the history of pro football, and yes. they were 3-14 and 14 last year. And then he, Right, his rookie season was a disaster. I hear you. Doug comes in and kind of gets him back on track. He's looked very good yeah. through those three games. They had an impressive win against the Chargers last week. Chargers had a lot of injuries, but nonetheless. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I think it's going to be a really good test. That's even more than as much as we kind of look forward to the Vikings game and Monday Night Football and Kirk Cousins and all of that and uh, 
even as impressive as they were last year in beating Carson Wentz, last week, excuse me, in beating Carson Wentz uh, and Washington, this to me, they win convincingly Sunday, and okay, we can we can really talk about how good they can be. All right, I'll give you a uh, I'll give you another arrow for your quiver, and then I'll disagree with part of it. The okay. other part of it that I think will be interesting tomorrow is Mike Caldwell is their defensive coordinator now. Mike Caldwell was with Tampa Bay last year when they beat the Eagles twice. Mike Caldwell has done very well against the Eagles' offense. So uh, the Jaguars are a team that is top ten in the NFL in both offense and defense right now. Yeah. So we'll see. I don't know. The season is young. I don't think we really know who teams are yet. And it may include the Eagles a little bit, but with Jacksonville, a young team. And here's the thing where I think the Eagles will um, have an easier time of it. Ebb and flow. Jacksonville coming off a big, big win mm-hmm. against the Chargers. Little full of themselves. Had to fly across the country to play out in L.A. Fly back. I don't know what the weather was down there with the hurricane, but I imagine it was rough in Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. And then they have to fly here and play. I, you know, I mean, circumstances are not in their favor. Yeah, it's a, it's a little bit of a rough spot. For yeah, them. I mean, you could be right. I just looking at it on paper, uh, I think Trevor Lawrence is showing everybody who he really is okay. as a quarterback. Uh, and, a young quarterback, though. You know, yeah, still, yeah, still, still susceptible. Come on, Rich, uh, Rich Gannon, Jonathan Gannon, he's all over this. <laughs> All of a sudden, you're the world's biggest Jonathan Gannon fan. I am not, but we all have to be impressed with what uh, they did last week against Washington, what they did against Minnesota, and you know the last two games, that defense has been exactly it's, what you want it to be. It, exactly, especially in that first half last week. I mean, that was exactly what you would have thought would happen in harassing Wentz and forcing two fumbles and sacking him however many times they sacked him in the first half on the way to nine in the game. It was, uh, it was exactly what you... And Jonathan Gannon himself would want to see from that defense. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. By the way, best caller of the day gets a fifty dollars gift card to Shy Vintage Sports, where there's a story in every stitch. Visit them in their Center City location or shybsports.com. All right, Mike. Now I got a question for you. Um, the Eagles are so much better than they were last year. So much better, I think, than we really expected them to be. Again, we're through three games, and you know we're. The old axiom is that you look at the NFL season kind of four games at a time. I don't know where we mm-hmm. work in the 17th game at this point. but 4.25 four, Yeah, or four whatever. games in the first quarter of the next game. But, yeah. but I, I kind of believe that. So as, as excited as I am, I still want to see more. But, but, Mike. Oh, God, I used to do this to Ray. I'm looking forward, <laughs> I'm looking forward to the next 30 seconds. I haven't had the opportunity to do this let, for a Let while. me get my uh, yellow eagle pad and my khaki pants ready. Oh, I have a great race story. I'm gonna I'm gonna digress and tell you a great race story. Okay. So Ray's over in uh, Great Britain. Ray and his yeah. wife are visiting uh, Big England, Ben, Scott Wales, <laughs> yeah, all, all that stuff, right? Look, kids, Big Ben. And when he comes back, he has uh, he's going to be given a speech. He's got some whatever, and he decided on the long flight he wanted to write his thoughts out. You know, in his beautiful handwriting, mm-hmm. and he realized that he packed his yellow legal pads in his suitcase and did not have access to it. <gasps> so, I have a fo- I should post a photo. I have a photo of Ray Dinger's I, I want to guess. Can I guess? Mhm. Because you have not told me the story yet. He didn't write the remarks on like the back of the doggy bag, did he? They don't give you doggy bags on a plane, but what do they give you? <sighs> I'm, I'm trying to remember what it was. Air I, sickness. Yeah, there you go. Okay. Yeah, okay. okay. That's what you were thinking. Yeah. Yes. 
Yes. So doggy he, bag's a nice way to play. He wrote his he speech on speech. the vomit bag? I, yeah, I got it. I, <laughs> I'll, I'll tweet out the picture of it. Oh, later. my gosh. Yeah. Right. Anyway, yeah. Okay, so Mike Steelski. Yes. We agree the Eagles are way ahead of where we thought they would be so far. Mm-hmm. This is a better team than we were expecting. Mike, there is one. And only one correct answer <laughs> to the reason why the Eagles are so much better than we anticipated they'd be. Mike, can you tell me the correct answer? All right. So I would, I, I wrote this at the beginning of the season that the offensive line, first and foremost, is the reason to think they're going to be good. But the offensive line was terrific last season and they were a nine and 18. We knew that. So to me, this is me just guessing the way you're thinking, I would argue. The addition of A.J. Brown and the wide receivers. Mike, you are absolutely correct. Oh, look You at me. got it. Look uh, at me. I read a piece in, of all places, your old paper, the Wall Street Journal, ah. this week. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, and thanks uh, to David K. for sending it to me, the guy who emailed it to me, and that bastion of sports coverage. <laughs> and it basically, it, talked to, it was comparing the Eagles and the Dolphins. This mm-hmm. is before Thursday night when Tua got knocked out. But the Dolphins similarly have been a better team, and it's because they have this explosive passing game all of a sudden. And like the Eagles, they invested heavily in bringing in a new wide receiver. For the Eagles, of course, it's A.J. Brown, and the passing game went from being a liability to a strength. Hertz is averaging 9.4 yeah. yards a throw. Yes. An attempt. The receivers are averaging 14.9 yards per reception. They were the most run-heavy offense in the league last year. They made a very – and this is – you know, listen, this is Howie. Mm-hmm. They made this conscious decision, we're going to trade our first-round pick to get A.J. Brown. This is after they spent their first-round pick last year on Devontae Smith. They're throwing all their chips into wide receiver – and they're on, it's the unstoppable A.J. Brown. It's it's interesting for a couple of reasons. Number one, it's such a departure from the way they used to think, right? Like how he grew up as a player personnel guy at Andy Reid's knee and Joe Banner's knee. And what were they, what was their philosophy? If I may say it, eh, wide receivers are irrelevant. Exactly, exactly. We can have James Thrash and Todd Pinkston, and Charles Johnson, and oh. Torrance Small, because what matters yeah. is the quarterback and the offensive the shakes line. shakes here, Mike. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Take, we go in the way back machine for those names. Um, but the reverse is true now. I mean, the sport has changed. The offense has opened up because of rule changes and things like that. And this is true around the league. You see teams more and more spending either high draft picks or a lot of money under the salary cap to go get game-breaking wide receivers, and they're, the Eagles are following suit, and it's working. All right. Dolphins uh, go out and get Tyreek Hill after they have Jalen Waddle draft first last year. Mm-hmm. The Eagles kind of do a very similar thing. These two teams are two very good teams this year. I don't really want to focus on the Dolphins too much, but A.J. Brown uh, had 224 yards in the first two weeks, added 85 last week. Devontae Smith, eight catches, 169 yards. You can't stop them. And no, then, then you no. had Quez Watkins, and you had Dallas Goddard, and you can't cover them. And they're throwing to Zach Paschal on third down. Right, Zach Paschal, right. <laughs> you know, pretty and, good. And to me, Devontae is the, the interesting factor in that. Uh, and you saw it last week against Washington where an opposing defense has to, absolutely has to, put its second-best cornerback on Devontae Smith. And that makes all the difference mm-hmm. in the world. It yep. really does. Uh, and I think it's, it's, it's something we really can look forward to. And it has taken the position of quarterback from something that was very iffy before the season 
I don't know if Hurts can do it, and put him in the position where he can succeed. Yeah, it's interesting. I was uh, uh, spending time with friends last night, and we were discussing this over a few drinks and food and things like that, and it became that chicken or egg debate question. You know, is it Hurts or is it the pieces around him? Uh, and what we're seeing, I think, is that under certain conditions, Jalen Hurts can be an incredibly productive quarterback in this league. Going forward, I think the question is, can the Eagles continue to create these kind of ideal conditions around them? That's an open question because they're eventually, and it's becoming clearer and clearer, they're going to have to pay him yeah, to next, keep yeah. him here. Well, we will get into that certainly as the season progresses. Let me sneak in a call here, and then I want to talk about the return of Doug Peterson. Chris in Clinton, New Jersey. What's on your mind, Chris? Hey, guys. How are you doing? All right. Hey, Chris. Uh, so uh, one quick aside to start. Glenn, I was really excited to do the last man standing pool this year. I always forget week one. And, of course, I got knocked out right away because the, <laughs> the Niners couldn't take care of the Bears. Yeah, that one took out a lot of people. That's good. I'm not involved in it anymore, but I'm glad you're they're still doing it and that you uh, – well, you're in for a week. Anyway, yeah. What are yeah. you thinking well, about so, today? I mean, um, I was I wanted to talk about the run defense against the Jags, but just to, to um, continue talking about the wide receivers, they're two different types of elite receivers. You know, AJ Brown looks like Leonard Weaver out there when he's trying to get tackled by defensive backs, carrying them <laughs> as an excellent There's possession. A, receiver. Talk about a throwback reference. I, I thought Torrance Small was was a great pull, and and Chris is coming out with Leonard Weaver. That's awesome. Oh, so, I mean, I, I wish Leonard Weaver was around for longer. He got injured quickly. Yeah. He's the last fullback we had, you know? I love a f- good fullback. Love a good fullback. Well, anyway, and Devontae Smith, I mean, I, I don't care that he, got his, he didn't get his, um, his foot down. That catch along the sidelines was one of the best things I've seen by an Eagles receiver in years, you know? So mm-hmm. they're, they're two different types of elite on the outside, and it is, it is the reason that this offense looks different. But... For tomorrow, I'm a little bit concerned about the run defense against um, James Robinson as kind of a bigger back and then um, Etienne as uh, a receiving back out of the backfield. Um, I know that they didn't have great run defense against uh, the Lions week one, and then last week I thought Antonio Gibson had a few good runs, and then Carson Wentz would just ruin Mm -hmm. the drive right after that. So I wanted to get your thoughts there. Yeah, look, I think Doug Peterson is still Doug Peterson. And when push comes to shove, he's going to want to throw the ball. And while Robinson and Etienne, as you said, are really good backs and, and are product, have been productive so far through the first three games, uh, I think Doug is Doug. And he's going to put the ball in the hands of Trevor Lawrence. And that's what this game is going to come down to. be interesting to see how the weather affects that. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, and a lot of a lot of coaches, it's like, I don't care if it's rain and 30-mile-an-hour gales, we're still throwing it. But... Sometimes that, uh, that that does push it toward the run. Speaking of Doug, he comes back next year, next year, tomorrow. I don't know why I said next year. He comes back tomorrow. That would be breaking news. Yeah, no, he comes back tomorrow, and um, he got hired to bring a horrible team to respectability. They have double-digit losses in 10 of their last 11 seasons. That's amazing. They've been awful. Um, there's been a lot of talk this week, what kind of reception he's going to get. Mike Florio, a pro football talk yeah. right okay who i've generally respected said they're gonna boo him no no but nobody's no. gonna boo him. no there's absolutely no chance that he gets booed he's gonna get a standing ovation and he will deserve it because he is the only super bowl wing coach in this franchise's history uh he was publicly at least and privately often 
a very amiable, good guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, people liked him. He ran the Philly special. I mean, let's let's be honest here. This is Doug Peterson is one of the all time heroes in Philadelphia sports, and I think people are going to treat him accordingly tomorrow. I think so too. And you talked about his relationship with the fans was great. His relationship was relationship with the players was great. Travis Kelsey was on with the morning show. Jason. Jason. Travis Kelsey. Jason Kelsey. I don't know what I'm doing today. Jason Kelsey was on with the morning show uh, earlier this week and talked about how Doug listened to Foles, how Doug was flexible, how this is the essence of Doug Peterson. Let's play that. Doug was awesome, man. Um, The biggest thing that I really loved about Doug was he really empowered his players. I don't know many coaches on fourth down in the Super Bowl. But Nick Foles comes up to him and asks him to run a trick play. You're like, you know what? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> you know, that was kind of who he was. And that was one of his biggest strengths. And I, I really appreciate Doug for being uh, that guy when he was here. And you see it already happening in Jacksonville. I think that's great. And I think it's so accurate. I, I do, too. And the other aspect of Doug that makes him lovable, I guess you'd say, to Philadelphia fans is that there's an underdog quality to him, right? He had never been a head coach before. Mm -hmm. He was replacing Chip Kelly, who was supposed to be this genius. And, oh, Doug is only coming in because he's someone who Jeffrey Lurie and Howie Roseman can control. And in this one season, he unfurls a coaching performance that is as good or better than any in this town's sports history. It just is. The reason they win that Super Bowl, to me, has always been the way Doug coached that team the entire season. They were ready for that moment mm-hmm. because of how daring they had been. Fearless. You know, throughout the entire year. Fearless. And, you know, I remember when he's going to, it's fourth and one at the end of the first half. And uh, I'm not going to put this on Merrill because I think we were all kind of this way. Like, I don't know, you know, it's mm-hmm. a good time to go for that field goal, going to the locker room with those points. And most coaches, I think, against Belichick mm-hmm. are going to get too conservative. And Doug, hey, big balls, man. Yeah, that, but that, that's it, Glenn. That's the way an opposing team, when you're facing the Patriots in a Super Bowl, that's the way you have to play, and that's the way you have to coach. And the Eagles were ready for that moment because they had played and coached that way the entirety of that season. I think that's a great point, and I think the other the other part of it is kind of what Kelsey was referring to, which is as as ballsy as he was— Doug also had humility mm-hmm. in that he would listen to the other coaches. Yep. He would listen to his players. He was open to Nick Foles saying, hey, this crazy play that we've been doing in practice, mm-hmm. let's run this in the Super Bowl. Um, most NFL coaches, Mike, I'm going to break news to you here. You probably don't know this. Most NFL coaches don't have a lot of humility. <laughs> don't know if you've ever dealt with any of them before. Uh, in your life. I don't know what you're Tried talking about, to ask about, a question Len. in a yeah. news conference and gotten that look <laughs> that we've all gotten in news conferences. The Jim Mora, you don't know. You think you know, but you don't know. Most of those guys, and great, you know, the, the, from the great ones like Belichick and mm-hmm. Parcells and so on, to the ones who aren't great, like Cotite. Yeah. They, yeah. they have a general haughtiness um, toward everyone. And I'm not really just talking about the media, although the media is in there. Mm -hmm. Doug had humility. Doug was a guy, which, by the way, I think Nick's the same way. Yeah, I do too. And And it serves him well. It does, especially in the modern athlete and the modern state of sports nowadays. I think it's harder and harder for 
any coach in any pro sport to be the taskmaster that we like to think or some of us like to think a coach has to be you see a team that isn't disciplined and you say to yourself oh well the is the coach being tough enough on his team is he demanding more of his team you know nowadays with money that these players make with their backgrounds immersing themselves in the sport from the time they're little kids being that kind of hardcore coach doesn't necessarily resonate anymore you've got to have credibility and the way you build credibility often with the modern athlete nowadays is by saying yeah i feel where you're coming from Mm -hmm. you know i understand what you're going through and here's how we can work together to make this work for the entire team and just being a human being yeah nfl coaches have odd lives they live in their office they don't i mean you know we've we've all talked to them from vermeil i remember once they did a profile on joe gibbs when Mm -hmm. he was coach in washington and joe gibbs used to basically have his PR guy or whatever, drive to his house each week and get a cassette tape of his wife telling him what he was missing in the hmm. house and play it on the car as he was driving around practice. And that was how he kept in touch with his family. Yeah, yeah. The, old, mean, the, the old story that Vermeil would always tell about the fireworks going yes. off in 1976 during the bicentennial. Well, what is this about? Yeah, tell him to turn it off. Right. Like, yes. <laughs> Dick, it's the 200th birthday of the country. Right. <laughs> Doug's a guy. Doug's yeah. a regular guy, and I appreciate him for that. One last thing about Doug. We'll take the first break. 215-592-9494. Best caller of the day gets a $50 gift card to Scheib Gift Sports, um, or Scheib Vintage Sports. Doug was asked this week, I think I think your um, colleague Jeff McClain asked him, what does he think of the statue of him and Foles at the stadium? Mm-hmm. And he said, never seen it. Yeah. Yeah. You buying that? I there buy. Was, there I was buy a statue the, of Mike Sealski somewhere. Don't you think you'd like stop by and take like? I would steal it and put it in the foyer of my house. <laughs> um, no, I, do I think he's never seen it? I'm sure he has seen it. Whether he's actually been to the statue and been a foot away from it and marveled at it up close, yeah, that, I don't maybe mean not. a photograph. I'm sure you saw a photograph as they were putting it up, but. There's a statue of him at the stadium. Yeah. He was there. He was coaching the team when that statue went up. Never walked by and said, eh, they made my nose a little He may be fudging the truth a little bit. But the fact that he, let me put it this way, Glenn, the fact that he would say, I've never seen it, tells you a little something about him. Yeah. Even if he has. Yeah, it does. All right. 215-592-9494. Mike Sealski, Glenn Mack now. Phillies, Washington, coming up at 1 o'clock today. We will keep you kind of apprised as to whether that game's going on. Oh, coming up, my least favorite part of the show. <laughs> my favorite part of the show. Yeah, what are we doing? Could it be uh, reviewing the status of our stupid football bet? Indeed it is. WIP Sports Time is 1022. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.